I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Well, welcome Gib Stewart. He's an inventor, an entrepreneur, an author, a reasonable army officer, an enthusiastic father, a mountain climber, a septuagenarian, and he believes in the future. And one of the things that caught my attention on his LinkedIn profile, he says, it's not about you. It's about your family. It's about your legacy. And so I can't think of a more perfect guest guest for the Le- uh, Leaders in Legacies podcast. Welcome, Gib. Hello, Craig. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, I was looking over your, um, it looks like you have your hands in a number of businesses. What's, what's kind of the, is there like one business that's your passion? Well, I went from uh, 1977 and I'm still in real estate, negotiated a major uh, lease this morning. Okay. Um, pretty much pulled away from that. And only uh, my ex-wife uh, takes care of all the real estate books. Um, and, uh, my firstborn has now taken over management of most of the real estate, uh, and the ex-wife takes care of the smalls. Um, so at some point I decided, you know, really, I don't want to do this full time anymore. So I backed off significantly, probably around, oh, let's see, 77 and I was 50. I was probably 60 years old when I backed off from that. So that's 15 years ago and uh, started diversifying. Uh, First of all, I bought a heating and ventilation company. And then I bought my biggest failure that was caused by uh, COVID. I had a small entertainment newspaper, uh, which was in it was making its first profitable month in March. (laughs) And, uh, just got crushed, just got, just totally crushed. Um, since then, I've all opened um, 11 internet-based businesses, most of which are making money. Um, this year, I started four businesses. I started, uh, I work with a group that's buying underperforming websites and uh, figuring out how to manage them better. And another group, different group, that is uh, uh, developing new websites and getting them out. Uh, a third group is um, I bought uh, 12.5% of a multimedia company that's uh, mostly television and uh, motion picture. And, uh, and then uh, we agreed to start a podcast 
which will probably come online in a couple of months. We're wow. almost there. Wow, that's a that's a lot of different things to have your hands in. What's um, you know, a lot of people struggle just having one business and having that go well. Uh, what what's the drive to have so many businesses? Diversification. I enjoy helping people start up things. Um, anyone comes, I mean, three weeks ago, a young lady brought me an idea and I said, you know, that has merit. So I gave her $1,500 and she walked out the door. I think she'll come back and she'll make me my first $1,500 within the year. I mean, I just have to, I just need the motivated people that have the credentials to back up their motivation. Well, neat. Neat. Well, um, now one of the things that you said that you have in your bio is that you're a reasonable army officer. What's what's that mean? Well, I did my two years, 10 months and 14 days. I uh, followed directions. I I was able to become a company commander uh, during my term. I ended up uh, an assistant S3, which is plans and training. And then uh, I went to a, a refresher school and um, 72 hours before I was supposed to be going to Vietnam, Richard Nixon gave everyone of my caliber a six-month loss, and I was under the the uh, minimum time left in service to go to Vietnam. So oh, wow. I was, very, I was very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a near miss. Yeah. So... Um... Now, one of the things that you had in your profile is it's not about you. It's about your family. It's about your legacy. Can you expand on that? What's I mean, from one angle, that looks very obvious. But um, what what inspired you to put that in your profile? Well, OK, so. My responsibility while my family was young until they graduated from college was to put a roof over their head and food on the table. So that's about, not about, that's about family. That's not about me. Uh, as soon as the last one graduated um, from college, I, I was 49 and I asked my boss if I could quit. And she said, no, I need you to stay for an extra six months because uh, I can't replace you yet. Um, so at 50, life became about just building my legacy. I I, I want to leave a, a good legacy. I, I, I finally pretty much determined where I want my money to go and, uh, and who I wanted to serve. And, and so that's, that's an important part, I think, of believing where, where your money should go. And, and so that's the legacy. Yeah. And so there's a couple of questions that come out of that one. How do you, um, may, maybe first let's, let's draw in a little bit further on legacy use, um, and how that applies to money, you know, and help me understand what your concept of legacy is. Okay. There's, there's two different parts to legacy. There's the part that what do people believe in this guy? Well, he lived. Right? I mean, that's a legacy. I think that's a very important part of a legacy. Maybe probably the most important. Was he honorable? 
Did he do what he said he was going to do? Did he pay his bills? Did he have a good reputation? And I think I'm doing all those things. I'm trying to be a good, well-rounded person. Okay, so that's one kind of legacy. The other kind of legacy is if you've made been fortunate enough to make the kind of money that I've made, what should that go to? Should I uh, spend it all while I'm living my last, hopefully, 20 years? Or is it going to go to a cause that I think is reasonable? What about my grandkids? Uh, how, am I, how am I taking care of them and what's important there? We originally thought we were going to have nine grandkids. And uh, our goal was to put them and their, their, their kids, our great-grandkids, through college. After that, we figured we were, had, had done enough. Uh, as it turns out, we think we're going to maybe have one or two. We have one. We're gonna, we think we might have a second. But, okay, so that changes your plans a little. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. Interesting. So if you were to advise somebody as they're trying to work through these decisions, um, how would you advise them to in establishing their priorities and, and answering the same questions that you had to go through and answer? Oh, well, in, I, I look, I look at what bothers me and what I want to change or what I'd like to facilitate change or something like that. Um, and I, and I read about the people that are doing the big things. I mean, I, I'm a pauper compared to Gates and Buffett and those guys. Um, but I, I still, end, I'm ending up with a lot of money. I could spend, I, I could spend myself into oblivion for the rest of my life and I'd never run out of money. Um, so so you got to start thinking what's going to happen to that if you're not if you're not I don't have any I don't have any expenses to speak of I get to do everything I want when I want to travel I travel I go I do anything right um, but I'm still accumulating new cash and able to buy new businesses so so that means I'm okay right so what's bothering me in in society and what do I want to fix. Uh, I'm not going to fix Africa, that's for sure. So you got to look a little smaller. I'm looking in my backyard and saying, "What's what's got to happen?" So if if you so it sounds like what you're saying is if somebody's trying to go through and make these uh, decisions for themselves, you're putting it in two categories: what's important and what's bothering them. Yeah, I. Yes, I think that's very reasonable, Craig. Okay. I mean, what do leaders do? Leaders and legacy, right? So you got leaders, they're trying to facilitate something or do something. Two types of leaders, right? And then legacy is the other part of that. Okay. Now, as you make these decisions... Um, how does it impact the lives inside your companies? Well, most of my companies are managed by other people. Mm -hmm. I have virtually, I'm the person of last resort. They come to me when they're frustrated. They come to me 
when they have a decision they can't figure out. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so I'm not in day-to-day -day management. I sit here on the computer. I do paperwork all day. Um, so I, I, but on the other hand, when I talk to the various managers, I, I, my main criteria is to treat our employees right. And that's going to make them treat our customers properly. And we keep growing. I mean, when we bought the heating and ventilation company, it was making uh, gross sales of 400,000. Six years later, we're at 3.8 million. Wow, that's great. Okay, so that's the kind of stuff that I expect from the managers that I have. Oh, yeah, and the the, the, uh, the guy I went into business there with, ex-felon. Wow. And, and you know, you just knew this kid was right. And I've tried to get him to apply for a pardon three times because there's no way he should have been convicted. Absolutely no way. Well, that's, you know, that's something really interesting. You know, a lot of people, and I have to admit, I would be very cautious about going into business with the next felon. Um, how, you know, how do you recommend approaching that? How should people navigate that? It's, I understandably, a lot of people would be scared about doing that. Yeah, really. <laughs> now, I've already told you, I'm not the brightest light bulb in the in the field. But the kid had been following, he was a heating and ventilation salesperson. And he'd been following me for about every quarter. So every three months, he would call me and ask for an appointment. And I'd say, I'm not ready yet. So three years later, the guy who's been doing my HVAC for 21 years says, hey, Gib, I'm going to retire. So next time the kid called me, we sat down in a coffee shop. I gave him the information he needed to get on my roofs of my commercial entities. And uh, I'm sitting there and I, I, this kid's just too bright. I said, okay, what's your goal in life? Where are you going? He says, well, I've been the, the number one salesman three out of the last four years in HVAC sales in the greater Portland area. I said, okay. Is that what you want to do for the rest of your life? He said, no, I kind of want to own a HVAC company. I said, okay, you got $100,000. Let's go do it. That's how that started. About two weeks later, my oldest writes me an email and says, do you know you just got in business with a felon? I said, okay, just the way it is. So that's interesting. So you didn't know he was a felon when you got in business with him? Not at all. Yeah, so here's here's the he thing that I think would be did. here's the thing that I think would be valuable because you know this kind of does tie into leaders and legacies. The you know there's a, a very American hope that um, there, for a path of redemption. You know I think that's something built into all of us. Um, but the again the whole concept of going in business with a felon. I, I'll just be honest that would scare me. So what's some advice that you could give to my audience that would help them process through that um, and figure out how to do that and how to give somebody that second chance while at the same time being smart about it? Okay. 
Well, let me, Craig, let me deal with this a little. We are business, his business. He has hired two felons. Neither one worked out. Okay? No. So I picked the right horse. But I'm good at identifying good, strong people. Okay. And what are those traits? What What did you see? What did I see? Yeah. Well, for him, I saw unbelievable persistence. How many people have called you every quarter for three and a half years? I mean, that's that. I mean, not even I've done that. I've never made that many phone calls to make sure somebody knew I was there and wanted to do work with them. Okay. So that's persistence is number one. I mean, that's the number one thing to make it in a business. You got to hang on and you got to get through the rough spots. In my 30 some years of, of real estate, uh, there were a couple of times when I wanted to quit, but you know, it uh, just didn't make sense to me. Got to got to go over this next hill. Um, so persistence was number one. Personality was another thing. The ability to communicate was important. And I liked this story about his family. So well, that's interesting. What, what was the story about his family? Just uh, how how his wife stuck with him after he went to the slammer for 18 months or something like that. Uh, they kept the boys together, two sons. Uh, I just went over and saw one of the sons pitch a baseball game a couple of days ago. Um, and the boys are both doing well. So, Well, and, you know, and that's something that's really interesting. I, I, I think you may have just tied into one test. It's really good. It's how their families respond. Because, I, you know, many people may not realize this, but marriages end when you go to jail. You know, and I forgot what the exact numbers are, oh, but I think it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's within five years, um, 90, 95% of marriages fail. Correct. I used to do the corrections of division budget for the uh, state of Oregon. So, yeah. So am I in the right ballpark on that number? Ballpark. I also did the mental health division budget and developmentally disabled. The same story is true. So, I mean, that speaks a lot of the family that his wife hung by him while he was in prison. And that's, that's really interesting. And, and, you know, so when you're talking about seeing the right traits in people, that was one of the things you said was the story about his family. And I, I think it would be really easy for our audience to miss that, that, you know, when you're looking at building teams, a lot of times it's just what's on the resume. And what I'm hearing you say is what was off the resume was more important than what was on the resume. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely. No doubt about it in my mind. I, I'm not a very good resume, Peter, reader. I, you know, I just it's like, oh, OK, so if you have the skills to do this, let's sit down and figure out how to get you there. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Um, can you think of a time in your life where you felt like your leadership was really put to the test? And you weren't sure how it was going to work out. Well, there were two times I can think of right off the bat. 
I was developing a 105,000 square foot medical dental campus. And uh, first of all, uh, the, the accountant for that was going to be my uh, roommate in the army. Okay, he's CPA out of Florida. And we started construction on the major project and he flew out. He said, Stu, I gotta come out and see this. I said, sure, come on out, Daryl. So he went up and he looked at it. He said, Stu, this is way too big. Somebody's gonna get greedy and you're gonna end up a lawsuit and you're gonna lose the whole damn thing. So he said, I'll leave my money in the pot, uh, but I need to get out of this. And so we, we arranged that, the four of us that were remaining. And then uh, after we got um, uh, 60% through, we we're closing in on it, uh, one of the remaining members decided that uh, I should give up uh, half of my share for a new fifth person to come in and uh, 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 a real estate salesman. And that was the last thing I needed in this project is a real estate salesman. So we agreed to disagree, but then it was a matter of who buys out whom, right? So the architect and the contractor were, were up against the dentist that I was developing this with and me. Okay, two sides. It, I had to hold that together and it took almost two and a half years to settle that. And then I was able to finish the campus. That was one of the most stressful parts of my life. Another time was the heating and ventilation uh, company. The, uh, the general managers come to me twice. Hasn't been happened in almost three years now, but twice in its infancy, he came to me twice. He says, I just got to quit. I can't work this hard anymore. And I had to you know, walk him through the pluses and minuses, teach him how the numbers work, how much time it takes to do things. $3 million is the, is the, is the goal. You're almost there. And uh, we worked through that. We sat here I don't know, probably an hour and a half the first time and a half hour the second time. And I got him back on the job and he's he's thriving now. Both he and his wife, I backed his wife on a, on a, in a business. He and his wife are individually both millionaires. He's a multimillionaire. She's not too far behind. So I mean, I, I'm happy as a clam. I, I, I want to be remembered as a mentor. That's what I want to be remembered as. How many kids have I made wealthy? Well, I'm I'm well over 15 now. I, I, for some reason, am able to help people become millionaires. And I love every minute of that. I celebrate with them and, and I get an awful lot of thanks. So that's, well, that's, that's the kind of legacy I want to leave. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I don't know if we could end on a stronger note than that. So uh, tell folks, how can they reach you? If folks want to be able to reach out and talk to you um, about doing business or just about life, what is the best way for people to reach you? Okay, so this is my book, Learn, Apply, and Grow Rich. Okay, and I have an author's page, Roland, R-O-L-A-N-D, Gibb, G-I-B. That's for Gibson, my middle name, Stewart, 
S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And I'm on Amazon.com with the book. Well, that's awesome, man. I hope hope folks will read out, uh, reach out and uh, get that. What, what an inspiring story about how you're changing lives and you're not slowing down uh, as you're reaching what a phase of life when a lot of people are more focused on golf. Uh, Geb, I just want to thank you for being a part of the Leaders and Legacies podcast and just want to encourage you to continue leading and changing lives as you have. Thank you, Craig. Enjoyed a great deal. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.